Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. I am so excited for you to hear this conversation with Jennifer Allwood. Jennifer, I would say she and I kind of marched to the beat of the same drum, if you will. We joked about how she could, she's kind of like a big sister and um, in this space. And I'm going to share a little bit about her, but really this episode is a very candid conversation. We recorded it about a month after I went through a a second really personal hardship this year. And so it was not easy for me to hop on and record a podcast episode. Um, But I really enjoyed talking with Jennifer. And I told her, I said, Jennifer, this is just going to have to be a pretty candid conversation. We're going to be talking about what it looks like to overcome fear that can come out of things like grief and um, hardship and loss, but also just in general fear. Uh, Jennifer recently wrote a book called Fear is Not the Boss of You. And I have really needed to hear that in this season of my life. Um, I think fear can come in many packages. And so we we dive into that quite a bit today. Jennifer also shares um, a little bit of her business journey and what it's looked like and why she's so passionate about helping women find financial freedom and use the internet as a tool to do that, which I resonate with quite a bit. But just so you understand, in case you've never heard of Jennifer, I'm just going to share a little bit about her and then we'll dive right in. So what I love about Jennifer is that she has found freedom in her business, her time, her finances, and most importantly, her faith through years of releasing more and more over to God. What started as a desire to help pull her family out of financial desperation became a call calling to help other women find the courage to do the same. Jennifer stands steadfast in the idea of using her business as a way to serve God and her family, and her goal is to use the tools so readily available like social media, email, and the internet as a way to make this happen. She knows getting unstuck, pushing through the overwhelm, and doing things in spite of fear are key to growing any business, and I would add to that we really talked about growing in any area of life. So that's really what we're talking about is getting unstuck, pushing through the fears that can come up, whether it's through really big hardship or just through uh, insecurities or the the doubt, the self-doubt that can come up when it comes to putting ourselves out there. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jennifer Allwood. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey Jennifer, welcome to She. I'm so excited. I feel like we've been talking about doing this for a long time. Oh, Jordan, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I don't think I've actually ever told you this in our personal conversations. At least it randomly came up when I hit record. But you know, the first time that I actually knew of you was at um, Christy Wright's Business Boutique Conference. I think this is when I first heard of you. And I was there with my friend Stephanie Wilson and... um, we went to your Facebook breakout and you talked about Facebook live. And Are you so, serious? Yeah. And I remember thinking that girl has great hair and great advice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, number one, I would have been like, 
I would have felt, I'm glad I didn't know that because I think I would have been like, oh crap, trying to do this in here. Like I better know what the heck I'm talking about. But that's no. awesome. Yeah. I love Christy and I've gotten to do breakout sessions for them on like using live video and your yeah. business several times. So that's awesome. Well, I, I thought what you taught was great. And I, I'm really looking forward to just getting to share you with my community for those who may not know you. Um, just because I feel like in many ways I admire you. I look up to you. I think what you've built is amazing. I, I feel like we have a lot of similarities and things that we really care about, but I'll let you have the floor and maybe yep. just share a little bit of your heart, what you do, your passions, and also tell us, yeah, just start there and then I'll ask my next question so I don't yeah. bombard you. <laughs> it's, it's almost, like, I don't think I'm old enough to be your mom, but definitely quite, no. a much older big sister. <laughs> yeah, you're my, like, you're like a big sister. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Exactly. There you go. So, um, so yeah, my name's Jennifer Allwood. I live in Kansas City, Missouri, where it's like 9 million degrees today. Um, with my husband, Jason, we've been married almost 23 years, which is insane. And we have four kiddos. Um, our oldest is supposed to be leaving for college, you know, in the fall. We'll see what happens. The graduation was obviously canceled because of, you know, what's going on in the world with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are in the process of adopting a sweet five-year-old little girl who's mm-hmm. actually, if you, if you can follow this, she's my cousin's granddaughter. So we got a phone call less than two years ago saying hey we've got a little girl and um, she needs a family and we've been um, we had a heart for adoption for many years Mm -hmm. so anyhow we're in the process of that adoption which is great Um, I started my own decorative painting company back in the year 2000 Jordan you're probably too young to know what that is aren't you (laughs) am I too young to know what the year 2000 was (laughs) It's it's decorative painting. So it's like, oh, decorative painting you're talking about. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So I started a company in Kansas City doing that back in the year 2000 um, because I love to paint. I love to, like, you know, make old furniture look new and Mm -hmm. paint kids' murals and things. But the business did really well. I actually stayed home and ran the business and hired a lot of women to go out in the field and paint for me. But um, we were picked up by ABC's Extreme Home Makeover. We got to do three of the episodes with, like, Ty Pennington back when Ty Pennington and I were both much younger. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. I had a client, like, fly me to Belize to look at a painting of project there and and the painting business was was really great until about six or seven years ago when I realized okay I've hit this like cap in my business like Hmm. I can't make any more money because I had eight women working for me and the only way I'd be able to make more money is if I had like eight more women working for me or Mm -hmm. if I worked more hours or could clone myself and I didn't want to do any of that so I started to try to figure out okay, how can I make money on the internet instead? Because it was just kind of becoming sexy, you know, Mm -hmm. six or seven years ago. And I decided to start teaching people how to paint their own houses with like DIY videos. I don't even know if you know this part of my story, but now when I look back, I'm like, wow, things have changed so much. So um, sold like $100,000 worth of videos in the first 14 months. And I was like, huh, wow, there's something to this internet thing, Jordan. So I worked really hard on building um, a big platform on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest in particular. Those are my big three. And then I started having people say, okay, you've got 300,000 followers on Facebook. Like, what are you doing? And so about four years ago, I decided to start coaching other women who are trying to build a business Mm -hmm. um, using the internet and teach them how they could make money while they're, you know, doing yoga pant education. They're sitting at home and yeah. and figuring things out and using their telephone. They can work their business from anywhere in the world. And my heart is really to see women um, who find freedom in their finances and freedom in their time and freedom mm-hmm. in their faith. And so mm-hmm. those are kind of the three things I talk about. As you know, I'm a Christian woman. I love the Lord with all my heart. Um, but I really love seeing women be able to do a side hustle and turn it into a big job or, mm-hmm. you know, take their business and quadruple 
quadruple what the money they're making or be able to, like I did, like um, allow my husband to come home from corporate America and work full time with me. So that's my passion. I coach a couple thousand women every month and I love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. That's awesome. I feel that's why I say we're like kindred spirits because I feel like we share a lot of those. I know because we both like started out kind of in a really creative industry and then yeah, I kind of did a switch. Yep. And and oh, I guess the big thing I should probably share with your listeners is I wrote a book last year. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's actually what you're wanting me to talk about. I kind of forget that. No, no, no. I want to hear the whole thing. I want to hear the whole because I think what I loved, what I, lo- I love your story and a lot of what you've done is, like you said, we both kind of started off with something that was like a crafty thing, right? I started off yes. with hand lettering mm-hmm. and, and highlighting in my Bible, just thinking, like a, yeah. yeah, a faith and creative kind of process. And uh, then yes. over time, I figured out how to grow platforms online. And then that allowed me to sell yeah. all my my products. And you know, it's it's interesting, because then people eventually start asking, like, well, how did you do that? And you kind of think, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot to it, you know, so um, yeah, there is. Yeah, but you grow this, you do grow this heart for seeing women in when it comes to time set free, um, when it comes to finances set free. Um, and yep. seeing how you can just use your creative gifting to do that. Like, how cool is that in the world that we live in? It's it's like, what a unique, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but um, there's a Forbes article and it talks about how this generation of women is in a really unique way and more than ever done before because of the internet blending um, innovation and tradition. Meaning, you know, there's that traditional mindset of like women are, you know, at home, raising families, doing those things. Right. And then mm-hmm. we also have this innovation and it's almost like women don't really have to completely choose so much anymore. Um, there's they this don't. third yeah. option that kind of allows you to have a little bit of both and it's really really sweet and so anyways I share a lot of similar passions for seeing women kind of yeah step into those opportunities yeah, I love it and to. you know I ran this painting business from home for so many years while having a baby on a hip like that's all I knew was I can remember the first time I had a phone call from ABC and I was talking to one of their producers about being on the show and we were talking about you know possible things we could paint in the house and one of my boys at the time had a dirty diaper and I so I was having to change it while I'm on the phone with a producer and I'm like, okay, please just don't let them start crying. Like, you know, and, and just, and so that's all I really knew is how to stay at home and build a business at the same time. And so it's very possible. The internet, like the internet, it takes a really bad rap, you know, because there's a lot of crap that goes on on it, but it's also just really created this like opportunity for freedom for so many families. And, and I love it because of that. It's because of the internet. Like the reason I was even able to write a book is I had, um, an agent come to me and she said, Jennifer, you've got, you know, half a million social media followers. You've got a big platform. Your people love you. Like, cause you can have a big platform by the way, and crickets mm-hmm. on yeah. your social media. Yeah. And that I have a really, you know, really engaged following. And she's like, so do you want to write a book? And I'm like, of course. And so four years ago, I wanted to write like a painting and DIY book. Mm. And, um, and that went nowhere. I, I had the idea in my brain. I started it all on my laptop and that went nowhere. And then a couple of years ago, I was like, you know what? I, I really want to get a book out into the world. And my agent said, well, do you want to still do a DIY book? And I'm like, I don't. And she's like, okay, so do you want to teach women how to build a business? I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do that either. And she's like, okay, so those are the two things that you know. So what are you going to write a book on? <laughs> yeah. And, but I was telling her, like, I love women so much. And mm-hmm. I love, like, giving an opportunity. I think a lot like you do, Jordan, just to really connect on a one-on-one basis with women. And, and I've see this common thread in so many women, whether we're talking about decorating your house Mm -hmm. or whether we're talking about building a business or whether we're talking about 
you know, coming back from heartbreak and Mm -hmm. whatever, I see a lot of women who are just stuck based on fear. And um, so we ended up, or we, I say we like I'm French. I ended up (laughs) writing a book called Fear is Not the Boss of You, which is definitely not a business book. It's a book that can help you in your business, but it's really a book to help women figure out why they're stuck and really give them all the tools to understand that, girl, you can't stay there. Like it's okay to be stuck for a hot minute, but you can't stay there. And um, so yeah, that's the book that I ended up writing. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer? Upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. I mean, I can relate on that level too. I had a very similar situation where, because, you know, when you can grow a community, that's where opportunities to write and get your message out there can really grow. So that's why I always say like, if you want to be a writer, focus on that, you know? Um, But with fear is not the boss of you. This is something that we briefly talked about off air, but I would love to just kind of, 
talk about fear in an authentic kind of candid way and ask just some questions and I'm curious what even, you know, what you would share just because I think fear can come up in different intensities and maybe you've experienced this in life. Um, I think I've experienced fear. I'm speaking kind of from my own experience, but also on behalf of the listener. And I'd love just any thoughts that you have on it. But I've experienced fear in the sense that, okay, I'm afraid to put this new product out into the world or to start this thing, right? There's that kind of fear. And then there's the fear of like, I'm afraid what people will think of me. And then there's the fear that I think can also sometimes feel like despair or like um, when you've gone through really hard things and you've gone through whether it's loss or trauma or both, um, Mm -hmm. it can be really easy to fear that like that is your destiny. Like, yep. Like when that's all you know in a certain experience, like we were talking about this off air, like with me going through two losses in a very short Mm -hmm. amount of time, I I keep wrestling with all I know is losing children. Like I've only had a traumatic experience with that. And so I think there can be that I've never experienced a fear of that intensity of like, what does this mean for my future? Like, am I, am I screwed? Like, and I know that that's all lies. Like I can say that like with my brain, but with my heart, I'm like, but that fear is still really there. It's just this whole new level of fear. And I don't know how to, you know, almost put words to it. And so I know that you've shared some different experiences you've had, but I'm wondering, like, have you ever experienced, I know, I'm sure you've experienced fear in terms of like fear of putting yourself Mm -hmm. out there, what people think, but have you ever experienced a fear that feels more like despair or like almost like a fear of the future because the future seems scary after a hard experience? Like you don't want to repeat your past. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sure does. And, you know, you and I have talked about, um, we've both had the unfortunate shared loss of mm-hmm. babies and pregnancies and I miscarried like you twice horrible I wouldn't wish that on yeah, anyone so um and I hate that I you and I were kind of talking off air too like I just think the enemy is such an a-hole and I told you <laughs> I won't cuss on your thing I'm not a cusser I promise I'm a <laughs> but, but you know real. I think that the enemy he he figures out like where you're where your weakest point is and often will use that as a way to derail your life because it's it's that the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy is what the Bible says. And so that means steal, you know, your vision of the future and kill your joy and, um, you know, destroy your family. And, and for me, I write about, and fear is not the boss of you. One of, um, one of the things I've struggled with all my life, Jordan, is kind of like an irrational fear, hmm. which in the church community, a lot of times we call a vain imagination. Hmm. So, you know, that's the girl that if her phone rings in the middle of the night, you immediately think, okay, gosh, you know, who died? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the girl that, you know, you don't want to go on an airplane because did we, did we pay life insurance? Mm-hmm. Like, do I have everything lined up for my kids? Like, mm-hmm. I, I tend to go to some irrational places sometimes, and the place where this, this, uh, the fear has really reared its ugly head most in my life um, has really been centered around um, losing my marriage. Mm-hmm. And and um, my husband and I, we've been married, like I said, almost 23 years. And our first year of marriage was very, very difficult to the point where a lot of people just suggested we kind of hang up the towel and get, get it done with because mm. this is not a good thing. You guys mm. are not good together. And you're just so much hurt between the two of us and, you know, bad decisions. And the truth is we were we were adults. We were 25 and 26, but we were really immature and just um, and really hurtful to one another. And so since we had such a horrible first year of marriage, that fear of losing my marriage, especially now that we've got four kiddos, it's reared its ugly head. You know, it's come, it's popped back up many, many different times. Mm -hmm. And like, logically I know in my brain, okay, 
the things that I'm worried about um, probably, you know, aren't going to happen, haven't happened, whatever. But mm-hmm. for some reason, you know, my husband could be 15 minutes late getting home from work and I'm automatically assuming, you know, that he's got some girl who's, you know, 23 with perky boobs. I mean, that, that's <laughs> the kind of stuff that I write about, you know, in my book. And so mm-hmm. um, that like imagination and fear of the unknown has really taken me down into um, some unpleasant places that I know mm-hmm. is not God's best for me. Yeah. And so I talk a lot in the book about Fear is something that every single one of us experiences in different parts of our life. And mm-hmm. um, are, um, a fan of Joyce Meyer at all, she has a saying, new level, new devil. And so especially, I know that you'll understand this, Jordan, like when you're building a business, at every different level in my business, new fears come up. Mm-hmm. So like for a while, it was fear that nobody was going to sign up for my coaching group, you know, and then people signed up and then it was fear that now I'm not going to know what to teach people and they're not going to get it to know any results. And now I coach, you know, 2000 women every month. And the fear is fear is that I'm going to lose it all. That at any moment they're all going to decide, Oh, you know, don't want this anymore. And I'm going to go back down to zero clients. Like at every level, there are new fears and new things that we have to like work through emotionally. And I talk in fear is not the boss of you about not trying to like punch fear in the face. What does that even mean? Like who even wrote that dumb thing on Pinterest (sighs) in the first place? Right. But just more like looking at the fear, like from an almost psychological perspective and being like, okay, I I see it. I feel it. It feels sucky, but I can't stay stuck here because of it. Mm. Um, Because fear is really a feeling. And I do believe that God gave us fear as a way to, you know, keep us from getting like um, falling off the edge of a cliff or getting eaten by a lion. You know, there's things that we should feel scared of, but most of the fear that you and I are talking about is very illogical. And so if we can use some logic and attach some logic to the fear, like um, for instance, in the book I talk about, you have to figure out what is going to be more important to you than fear. So like if I'm scared about, you know, losing my marriage or now I'm certain that you're walking through this fear of, you know, of, pregnancies in the future and building a family. And so you've got to figure out like what's more important to you than clutching onto the fear and holding onto the fear and staying stuck there because there's always things that are more important. So like for me and my coaching group, for instance, um, I know, or just around anything in my life, I know the three things that are always more important to me than my fear are the call of God in my life. So even though I'm nervous to do certain things, maybe it's host a conference or, you know, we were going to do a book tour. Mm-hmm. Um, even though those things make me really nervous, but I feel like God's calling me to something, then that kind of trumps everything else. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, um, you know, I've got my family who's depending on me and that's my husband and my kids and they're watching mom because mm-hmm. people are always watching us mm-hmm. and, um, and they're watching us as we go through the good things. And they're watching us go through the bad things. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I want to make sure I show up well for the people who are in my home. But then the third thing is, is that I have a community of people who are also watching me and what I love about you, Jordan, is that you're just really authentic about your struggle. You're really authentic about sharing um, the things that you're currently going through and that you're wrestling with because life is basically just one big wrestling match. Yeah. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, it beats you up. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and the ear infections that they get. Uh-huh. Uh, but basically, like, it's just wrestling through some things. And I think that sometimes we watch these people with huge platforms mm-hmm. and um, big, you know, influencers. And, and when we don't see them struggle, A, we're trying to attain yeah. and live up to something that's not realistic anyway. And then we're super disappointed when we find out that they have always struggled too. Right. And so and I then love it comes that out in a really ugly way. <laughs> 
Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, everybody's shocked. And so I've been really uh, transparent about during the last couple of months with our books were getting canceled because I was going to 12 different cities and was doing local mm-hmm. TV. And we had to switch my conference, as you know, because yeah. you were gracious enough to be a speaker there from being in person in Kansas City to being online. Mm-hmm. Our oldest son lost his graduation. Our adoption of our little girl got set back because the courthouses were all closed with coronavirus. So there's just been a lot of loss, which by the way, my loss feels so little compared to what you have lost recently. So I hope that, you know, I'm not comparing that at all, but it's been like this really weird grieving period for me the last couple of months. And I've had this like internal pressure of, but you need to show up Jen and, Mm -hmm. and, and really encourage people. And the truth is I just can't. And, but there's times Jordan, when I've showed up enough to just say, you know what, I don't really have a lot to say right now Uh, on my own podcast this week. I just basically said, look, if you're weary, me too. I don't have the answer. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is for you, but just know that there, there's a lot of us out here who feel really weary too. Mm-hmm. So please quit beating yourself up about it. And I love that you've kind of always done that, but I've seen you doing that even more recently, even though you're still, you know, really trying to sort out your own pain. And I just want you to know that I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud Thanks of you. for that. You're a good big sis. <laughs> no, really. No, I mean, good. I think I, 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 I think one thing that I've always wrestled with um or just I mean in my own experience because you have to like I think we have to remember that even if we do have platforms we are humans and we can look at other people with platforms and see their experience or what seems to be their experience right and think like wow they really have it all why don't I even though even if you have a platform like that literally doesn't change um and I think for me I've I've, I've wrestled with like, man, I wish I had something that was encouraging to say, or like I had more to give, but I've really come to a place. The first time I went through something like this, I tried to show up a little bit more partially because I think I had a lot of hope. So one thing that I think, and I want to encourage anyone with this when it comes to fear and, and fear of the future, like either even feelings of hopelessness when fear starts to take over, because if there's any encouragement I can offer, or honestly, I don't think this is encouragement. I think this is more just honesty. Um, but I think sometimes when we go through something hard once we can feel sad or hurt or frustrated or heartbroken, Mm -hmm. but hopeful. Right. Um, I think the second time something happens or when things start compounding, even like what you were sharing with your experience, sure, it's a different type of loss or different type of pain, but it's still like when Mm -hmm. multiple things start adding up, you're like, man, I can't catch a break. Right. And I think that's when life can really beat you down to the point where you're like, okay, no longer is it just like a bummer. No longer is it just heartbreaking or sad. It's like freaking exhausting. Like it is devastating. And I think that's where I'm like, well, every now and then I'll say, hey, and let you know that I'm still struggling. Like it doesn't go away. And I think that's something that we, and I'm curious what you think about this too, when it comes to overcoming fear, when it comes to overcoming these obstacles in our life, whether it's things that we're grieving the loss of, people we're grieving the loss of, um, fear of anything. I'm curious if you ever have felt like there's a timeline that you have to meet to overcome it. Does that make sense? Like we always want to be working toward overcoming or toward moving through. Um, But I think sometimes when we're trying to overcome a fear or a a belief that we have, or even this feeling of despair and complete and utter heartbreak, there's this idea, like, I think when it immediately hits or in the season, like we can sometimes give ourselves Mm -hmm. grace, like, right. Like it can be like, okay, I can give myself a week to like take the time I need, but after that it's not okay. And that was my original mindset. I was like, I'm going to take a week or two, go on a little getaway. And then from there I'll be able to like come back swinging. And that has not been the experience. Like even my husband has been like, hun, this has been a month and you're still like in the same place. And I was like, yeah, and, and so I'm curious if you've ever felt, in, or if you even write about this at all, but 
the timelines that I think either others may set for us or expect for us or that we set for ourselves because when fear or pain or heartbreak or all of the thing, all of the above takes over in our life, um, the world keeps spinning, but we get stuck. And you talked a little bit about not getting stuck. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on timelines and getting stuck and maybe getting unstuck and any thoughts you have on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is you're in a deep season of grief right now Mm -hmm. and there, there is no like time component with grief. I remember um, a few years back, we had a neighbor who lost his wife in the middle of the night. She was 31 years old. They had two young kids and just had a stroke in the middle of the night. It was horrible. And I remember him telling me as years went by that, um, and perhaps he got this from a grief group or something. I don't know that he necessarily knew that, but he said um, that what it started to feel like, you're right, the world like keeps going, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but the world for him really stopped yep. and slowed down to, you know, a snail pace. And he said, it's kind of like, um, yeah, I'm wearing two shoes, but they're on the wrong feet. And so even though I'm like moving, it's like, it's never going to feel right. Yeah. It's just never going to feel right. Now, I know, you know, a decade later, he's, you know, in a different place and his family is good and has a new relationship and things, but that always stuck with me. And, and I think like, I think sometimes in America, we have this theology that there should be a timeline to grief and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, because we kind of shame people when they go through things too quickly. Yeah. Um, I've seen that happen in the online space. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when people are taking longer, there's also this, um, sometimes this underlying like, okay, when are you going to get past this? Yeah. And you, and even if people aren't saying that, you know, that they're, you know, thinking, yeah, why are you milking you this? Know, and it's but, like, that's not yeah. how life works. Yeah. And when your yeah. job is, yeah, totally. And, and so one thing that I've really learned is that there's no like cookie cutter, there's no formula. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're in a season of grieving, I think that it's so important that you really allow God to come in and heal what needs to be healed and really um, take the time that you need. Because what I have learned through years of therapy, Jordan, is that when I don't fully heal from something that I think that I have, you'll end up going around that same mountain again. Somehow mm-hmm. it'll, it'll sneak back in and you know, you'll think this is something that you dealt with and then here it comes again. You're like, crap, crap, crap. And so, um, so I'm just like, I encourage you and any of your listeners to really take like all of the time that you need to really step back and gain some perspective and not that you shouldn't necessarily be posting because Mm -hmm. I think that, um, I think that there's times when if you post when you're at your worst that it, um, you know, there needs to be some wisdom there too. Like there's, there's been so many posts that I've done on social media lately, Jordan. I'm like, okay, back, 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 take it off. (laughs) You know, like erase that because that is going to do nothing but help to divide and, you know, Mm -hmm. not bring people together and there's opinions I want to share. And I'm like, Jen, you know better. Like, you know, so I do think that we need to use some wisdom, but I also think that when people relate to you just on a human basis Mm -hmm. and you share just your humanity of what you're going through, I mean, I think that it makes, it's so, it's so good to hear from other people. Like for instance, when I first miscarried Jordan, I didn't know anybody else that miscarried and I felt so alone. And this was, you know, 19 years ago when I had my first miscarriage, I had no idea that when I started talking to people about it, that there were so many other women in the same position. I'm like, why did I not know this? Why did you, why did you go through stuff alone? Why didn't you ever share that with me? And so I do think that there's so much good that can happen when we're just authentic and when we're sharing with people, you know, what we're going through and when they see us being real, 
and not um, polished and mm. perfect uh, because it makes them feel like then they have permission to do the grieving that they need to do as well. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. And I honestly think, and feel free to say whatever you think about this, but the more that I've thought about it and just been listening to what you're saying, whether we have, you know, a social media platform or not, I know we've kind of gotten away from the business conversation, but I think this is a real human conversation. And I think that mm-hmm. influences how we work anyways. Um, but I think when we're moving through fear or grief or pain or all of the above, mm-hmm. I think the only option is to move through it collectively. Yes. Right. Like a hundred percent. And I think otherwise we, I mean, I even was saying this earlier is sometimes you don't even really want people to be there for you because then you feel like you're the one that's like it kind of makes you feel like a burden right but I've realized I think I just really want people to be there with me and that doesn't mean I necessarily want them to feel the exact same thing but just I think we just need to be there with one another and especially in a year like this I mean I could just kick 2020 out to space and never have to think about it again you know but I think when we go through grief or when we go through pain or any of those things and we're going through it with people I, I think you know it's sometimes better than having people that are there just for you because then you can feel like you're a burden right but when we go through things collectively or at least invite people into the space with us there is some sort of um ability to move forward when otherwise I think we can get stuck um kind of like you said we can function but the world keeps spinning and everyone kind of moves on unless you invite people into that space and let them know like hey just because I'm showing up here my shoes are still on the wrong feet like things aren't normal you know and and I think many people are showing up and I think this is where and and I don't know maybe you can speak into this more than I can but do you think we get stuck in our heads because we think we're the only ones whose shoes feel like they're on the wrong feet, whether that's I'm the oh, only one 100%. who's going to yeah. say something dumb I on video a, or something mm-hmm. else. Yeah. I did a post on social media last night. Well, I did it on my Instagram stories because a Instagram stories are my favorite and the Instagram stories are the safest place for any of your business people who are listening right now. It's the safest place for you to like give your opinions mm-hmm. and for you to kind of dip your toe in the water of, mm-hmm. you know, sharing your thoughts because you, you don't have like the, yeah. The herd commenting, you know, where mm-hmm. people see negative things on, on Facebook and Instagram and start kind of getting on a bandwagon. But I was posting um, last night on my stories about isolation and how the enemy really uses isolation um, to really make us feel like we're the only one who's, you know, stuck where we are. We're the only one experiencing this. And logically, we know that that's not the case in our brains. But this is one of the reasons why, and this is, by the way, not a political statement or, mm-hmm. you know, don't send me a nasty DM on Instagram, but it's one of the byproducts of um, you know, of having to stay at home and the coronavirus that I'm really nervous about is just the amount of isolation that yeah. people are feeling and they're away from their families and their churches and the kids are away from school. And when we feel really isolated, nothing good comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Nothing good. And and so I'm really concerned about people just feeling really alone and then physically also being really alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to tell you a quick story while you were talking. Yeah. I was thinking about um, my best friend last year, was diagnosed well she'll be two years cancer free in october um she just had like what she thought was heartburn off eating chicken one night mm-hmm. <laughs> and went to bed and she's a nurse by the way and woke up the next morning and had to call into work and was like yeah i can't come i'm in like i still have a lot of chest pain and they 
took her in and um, did like a sonogram and she had um, liver cancer and we were all like stunned. I mean, she's so like, she's healthy and, you know, perfect weight and, and takes care of herself and, you know, not a big drinker and all the things like, so on paper, the type of liver cancer she had, which is completely crazy. And they, you know, removed the tumor. She didn't have to do radiation. She didn't have to do chemotherapy. Thank God. And she's been cancer free for going on two years, but I know it was probably a year or so into it. And I got up one morning and I was just thinking, you know, about, I don't believe that my best friend had liver cancer. And she also, um, she got liver cancer the month after we brought in a a little girl that we're adopting who was four. Mm -hmm. So like in a matter of like 60 days, I'm a mom to a new girl that I've never met before. And my best friend um, has liver cancer. And then my mom and um, stepdad decided to go full time like RVing and like moved away from Kansas City. So it was just like a crap show. It was just an absolute crap show. But I was thinking about my best friend one morning when I got up and I was thinking to myself, I wonder, because she still has to have like scans every three months, you know, and go and she's going to have to have those for years, mm-hmm. make sure she's still cancer free. And I thought, I wonder if she just feels like everybody's forgotten. Mm-hmm. And so I just left her a voicemail on her phone and I just, and I just felt like it was something God wanted me to just, you know, just mm-hmm. give her a quick voicemail. So I just said, Hey, Laura, just thinking of this morning. And I just want you to know that in, in the event that it looks like we are all just have kept going on with our lives. I want you to know I haven't forgotten what you walk through and what you have to go through every 90 days. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what that's like, you know, the anxiety and scams and all the things, but just know that I haven't forgotten even if I never bring it up. Mm-hmm. And she called me back to and just weeping because she said, it does feel like, every, mm-hmm. you know, everything's okay now and that everybody else's life has just gone back to normal and they yeah. assume hers has too. And that's, that's not the case. Yeah. And so I think just letting people know that, um, that, even if like we don't understand what they're going through, but just knowing that, you know, they're still in the, in the thick of it, they're still in the crap, I think can be such a healing thing. Yeah. I think that's so true. I think that really helps us not get stuck because it is a thing where I think when some, when we hear initially of someone going through something hard or experiencing a a loss or experiencing a a, a Mm -hmm. very scary experience in their life, that does bring up a lot of fear. What do we do? We react, right? Like we rush to the scene. We're like, how can we help? And we send flowers and we show up and we bring meals. And that goes on for a week, two, maybe three. And then by the time like the month or two mark where there's some sort of like positive movement forward that looks a little bit more promising, we kind of – because we can only – and I think there's no fault on anyone because we also have – all of the things in our life that we're tending to, right? So it's not like anything yes. that's, you know, I don't think anyone takes that personally, but I think when someone takes the time to say, hey, I, I know that you're probably still really in the thick of this, or I know yes. a month has passed yes. or a year has passed and you might still be having physical symptoms or recovery or healing and I'm thinking of you, just acknowledging mm-hmm. that I think helps someone, I at least for me, feel like, okay, like I, I yes. Don't seen. you feel seen? Yeah. 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 And I think, and, and, and heard, yeah. and we all want to feel seen and heard. Yeah. And I think feeling seen and heard is kind of the key to not feeling stuck. Because if you think about what stuckness is, yeah. a lot of it comes yeah. back down to isolation and thinking I'm the only one yeah. or I'm alone in this now. I mean, yeah. I was literally driving down the road this morning and thinking about that. Am I truly alone in it? No, I know God's there, even though I've wrestled yeah. with him a lot and that'll take a long time. Um, I know I have family. I know I have a husband. Like I know I have these support systems, right? So am I truly alone no but I think what can sometimes happen is when something drags on or a pain just lingers it can start to feel like I kind of have to deal with this on my own now right like I'm through that Mm -hmm. window of 
of you know pub not public but more like outward grieving I guess and so I would agree like when someone can see in here like even if you don't ask for it or or point it out it does help you say okay I'm not actually alone in this like we can believe those lies so quickly I mean I'm guilty of it I did it this morning I think we can really easily do that so I'm really glad that you said that and I hope that to anyone who's listening who knows of someone who maybe a month ago went through something hard or I just want to encourage you they're probably still going through something hard right or you know a year ago like anyone who may have the repercussions of hardship in their life I just want to encourage Mm -hmm. you to reach out and just say hey I'm thinking of you do you want to talk or I just I acknowledge that this is hard for you and I wish it wasn't that way I had a friend send me an Instagram post and (laughs) we're not cussing on the podcast but it said the f-bomb which was funny but it was basically like I hate that you have to be so strong right now and yeah I remember thinking Mm -hmm. like I love that reality of just saying like, I hate that you have to be strong right now. I see you. Right. And I think if you're listening and you know someone in your life that may have that experience, maybe they just lost a job and they're in a really hard position because of what's happening in our world, or they're trying to get something started and just really wrestling with despair or hopelessness or fear. Just acknowledge them, send them a text, say, I'm thinking of you. I'm here with you. I haven't forgotten. And if you're on the flip side of it, I think this is something I need to take my own advice on and feel free to speak into this. But if you are in a position where you've recently, you know, taken a blow or walked through something hard and you're trying to figure out how to kind of put your life a little bit back together or just function again, don't be afraid because this is something I've had to realize is don't be afraid to be honest and and don't be afraid to say like, I'm actually not okay <laughs> and or I'm yeah. actually not sure or I just really need to talk you know and I think I've tried to learn I, I don't know if you're like this at all but I'm a very like independent do-it-yourself figured out kind of person I mean when I was three yeah, years old sure. anytime uh-huh. my parent or grandparent or whatever would try to tie my tie my you know tie my shoe and I'd be like no 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 me do right like I've always yep, been I and it. I got this person yep. and I think that in in one breath that's what has allowed us to build the things that we've built and in the other breath it's like the thing that can make us feel most isolated would you agree with that yeah I would and um, I was having this conversation with my husband last night so about well, I would say maybe um, a year ago I started to have some weird like physical symptoms like mm. TMJ which is mm. like in your jaw yeah. you know and um, something called burning mouth syndrome, which mm. I've never even heard of. But if you Google it, it's basically your mouth feels like you ate hot soup oh, um, wow. every single day. It's like, you, you're, I know, weird, right? Yeah. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing here? What's this? And I've gone, Jordan, to so many doctors. And then um, I've lost about half of my hair in the last six months, oh. half of my hair. And if anybody looks at my profile picture, I mean, either it's an old one where I have a full head of hair. Um, the cover of my book is all my hair. <laughs> but for the last six months, I've been having to wear extensions almost daily because I've lost so much hair. Mm. And no doctors can figure it out. Mm. And the truth is, I felt lousy every day for the last six months. Like physically, mm. not myself. I'm gaining weight. My hair is falling out. What on earth is even happening to my body? And I, last night, my husband said, honey, are you not feeling good? And I said, no, I'm not. And I just, but I'm so sick of my hearing myself, like talk about it, mm. that I've just quit telling people I don't yeah. feel good. Yeah. And he's like, but honey, you got to tell me when you're really not feeling well. And I'm like, just assume I'm not feeling well every day right now. Cause I'm not feeling well every day. Yeah. And I think that that was a really good conversation for us to have because like, sometimes I think that we're in the mid when we're in the middle of grieving and we're in the middle of a thing and we're in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about you, Jordan, but because I've always been a pull yourself up by the bootstraps, get yeah. your crap together and get yeah. on with it type of personality. Um, 
I'm struggling with the fact that I can't fix this. Mm -hmm. I have zero control over this. I'm doing all I can, but I'm tired of hearing myself complain. And so in my head, I'm like, everybody else has got to be really sick of me too. So I'm just not going to say anything, Mm -hmm. which then ends up making me kind of like, I don't want to say suffer in silence, but kind of suffer in silence, Yeah, you know? And so it's, it's a weird position um, when you are a fixer. Mm-hmm. and um, and a, and a go-getter like you and I both are, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, they wouldn't even be listening to you. And you find yourself in a situation, a predicament that you have zero control over. Yeah. And, um, and you can't make it better, and you also can't rush it to fix it. Yeah. And just having to kind of sit with the situation and sit with the unknown and sit with the grief and sit with mm-hmm. the loss, it's very uncomfortable for those of us who are used to just getting crap done. Yep. And, yeah, um, it like totally so, stops you. <laughs> yes, it does. Mm-hmm. And you know, during because I just keep saying that the world is weird right now because I don't really know how else to say that's it. A really I, good. So just the world is weird. That's like the world is weird. A and really so, good motto. Yeah. <laughs> we just need a t-shirt. Yeah, the world is that. just weird. And I, I think there's so many more people who are on the struggle bus mm-hmm. than who um, they're not maybe saying it out loud, but they are. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think one of the best things that you could do is just talk to someone and let them know. Mm-hmm that you're on the struggle bus. And um, because it, I don't know if you're like me, you get tired of hearing your own self talk mm-hmm. sometimes, but it was so helpful for my, just to hear my husband say last night, like, honey, you still like when you're not feeling well, you've got to tell me. And I'm like, I know, but I'm just tired of talking about it. I just yeah. want it fixed. Yeah. Like I just want it over. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know how to get, you know, like with, where it's where I'm at physically right now. And I don't know mm-hmm. how to, how to get on the other side of it. And yeah. you're probably kind of sitting in that space too, where you're like logically in your brain. Um, we know that things are going to look way different for you down the road. And I told you, as we were praying before we even started this, I see you with just so many little kiddos sitting at your feet. Logically, we know that, mm-hmm. but when you're still in the thick of it, yeah. it is so hard to see that for yourself mm-hmm. and just not keeping that all to yourself. I think is so important. Yeah. I know it was so funny when, and I actually, what's interesting is I wasn't even planning on talking about a lot of this, but um, I have like all these other questions. I was going to ask you about painting a home. I wasn't either. I was going to talk the whole time about the book, but this just seems kind of right. So. <laughs> well, I think it, you're, the book really ties in, you know, and I think it's a needed resource. So if, if anyone's listening, they haven't got it, please go do that. Um, and we'll talk about it in a minute too, because I want to ask a couple other questions, but kind of yeah. even what, what you're kind of implying too, or what you were talking about even when we first got on the phone, you were like, well, how are you? It's like, well, do you want the honest answer or the comfortable answer? And I, I think it's actually um, fair to offer people that o- option because some don't actually really want to know. I think that's the other thing. So right. I think that's a loaded question to ask somebody. Um, but I would agree with you. I think even what you're like, it, going back to what your husband was giving you permission to do, like, tell me how you actually are. Like, give me the honest answer, even right. if yeah. even if you feel like it's annoying or it's not comfortable or it's not yes. easy to hear. Um, I think yeah. there's power in that. And I'm glad that you said that. And I hope it gives somebody permission because I've really as a go-getter struggled to give myself permission with that outside of you know mm-hmm. two or three really close people in my life um yeah but I'm slowly yeah. realizing the more that you know they, you peel back the layers the better I actually had a friend that I was talking to the other day and she was sharing with me about like you know feeling like I just want this to end right especially through yeah. any physical hardship that we go through because what I've gone through has a physical hardship associated with it. What you've experienced has physical hardship. And when you don't have answers, when you don't get a conclusive, oh, mm-hmm. this is why this happened. Because actually right. what's more frustrating is when it's like, actually, you look totally fine. You know, it's like, yeah, but right. it's not no, fine. You find know? anything wrong with you, Jordan. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm like, seriously, though, come on. Yeah. 
I yeah. just, you know, I don't feel right. And right. you know when you don't feel right. right. But no, I agree with you. Right. 100%. And so when something is just unsolvable and existing, I think we ask, like my friend and I were talking about this and she shared with me how she was asking in her own, in her own suffering, when is the end? Like, when does this end? Right. And, right. um, she had told me that a friend of hers reminded her, like, it's not about like the end of it. It's about what we discover in the process. And there's never really like an end because life always comes with hardship. It just changes. And I thought like, yeah. dang it. I hate that. <laughs> you know, I like know, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, a feel good method. Right. It? <laughs> it's totally frustrating. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, all that said, I think I wanted to kind of dig into the realities and the raw realities of life, because I know you and I are both facing those in unique ways. I know you've experienced a lot of what I'm currently experiencing, which helps me have hope, I think in many ways. So I'm thankful for that as yeah. a friend. Um, but I also know many people are in seasons of grieving the loss of a job or the dream that they thought was going to be their life or, you know, whether that's kids or the career, the track they were on or their wedding or their kids graduation yeah. or whatever these things are, or their health, like all of these things that I feel like can just be crumbling around us. And a friend recently shared with me, like, I think God is eliminating idols in our life. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. sometimes really annoyed by that mm-hmm. but I also see the power yeah <laughs> um but all that said I think it all comes back down to the stuckness and when you talk about fear not being the boss of you I wanted to have like mm-hmm. a real honest candid conversation about that about like what is fear how can it actually take shape and what is it coming out of and I think it can come out of grief I think it can come out of pain I think it can come out of hard situations we've walked through I think it can come out of missed expectations or misaligned expectations or unmet mm-hmm. expectations yep. so all of all this I think creates this fear and so I wanted to ask I mean I know you've talked about this in your book and you've already kind of talked on a little bit about being stuck, but I would love if you could share um, maybe a couple of practical steps if someone's feeling stuck. Is the best first step to talk to someone? Is the best first step to write? Like, what would you say is a great first or maybe first and second step if someone says, I feel so stuck, so isolated, whether it's something that's somewhat lighter, like I'm so stuck in my business and I'm so stuck in what to Mm -hmm. do next, or I'm so stuck just in my hopes and my dreams and I'm struggling with despair and then now that's a these lighter things like my business like I would love any like practicals and steps that you could provide for us um to take sure so I think one of the biggest keys is to figure out like why you're stuck and and where are you stuck so like if it's someone who's stuck in her business um because by the way like being stuck isn't always a terrible thing Jordan sometimes Mm -hmm. God will let us and allow us to become stuck in order to make us pivot you know, if you never get sick of what you were doing, you'd stay doing the same thing all the time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes God will let us get to this place where, like, we feel uncomfortable and and we don't like it. And that's the only way that we can shift and pivot. I'm huge on shifting and pivoting. That's, Good, me and too. And I think that we're <laughs> in such a, a season of shifting and pivoting right now just as a country, and, mm-hmm. you know, as individuals. And so um, I think figuring out why you're stuck is really important. Are you bored? Um, do you need something new? Are you stuck because you hang out with other people who are stuck? Um, are you stuck because, um, maybe you were handed stuck? I talk about in Fear Not the Boss of You how so often we were raised in an environment with parents who are stuck and it just kind of gets handed down through the generations and you don't even realize sometimes until you meet other people who are different, like, wow, my goodness, my family was so stuck, like with certain mindsets or with certain thinkings or with certain, um, like, let me give you an example. I coach a woman um, in my business group who, um, when I was coaching her recently, and we were trying to figure out, like, her business was kind of feeling stuck. And what it actually came out of her and I were talking deeper, Jordan, is that she's kind of doing things like 
almost unintentionally to, to like self-sabotaging. She's kind of keeping her business small. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so we figured that power out. Like you're actually like the things that you know you need to do to grow your business, you're actually, you're not doing them. And you know that that's mm-hmm. keeping your business small, but let's go a little bit deeper. and like, why? Mm-hmm. And the why was that actually when she was being raised, her parents would always say things like those rich people and the people that live on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. And it was always like an us versus them. People who had money who, who versus people who didn't have money. And she always grew up thinking that people who had money were a certain way. Mm-hmm. And she really didn't. And it was obviously a bad way. And yeah. she did never wanted to be like that. And so it was interesting that, you know, her parents kind of handed her their bad theology, their bad thinking, mm-hmm. their bad mindsets, the fact that they were stuck. And so now as a, you know, 50-year-old woman, she's having to climb out of that mm. and really change her mind because she doesn't want to keep her business small. She doesn't want to stay stuck. But I kept encouraging her to figure out, okay, how did you actually get there? And I think that that is so important because sometimes until we figure out, like, how you actually got stuck mm. and why you're stuck, we can't figure out then how to get stuck, unstuck, if right. that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. So the first key is, I think, figuring out. Like, what got you there? And then the second key, I think, is think, is figuring out, okay, w- sometimes when we're stuck, um, it's almost like it becomes almost this comfortableness, Jordan, because we usually get stuck with other people who are in a similar mindset, a similar stage of life. Um, it's kind of one of those things. I know when I've been in broken places sometimes, I know that it's going to cost me to get out of those broken places. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, you know, I'm going to have to do the heart work and the head work. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard. And it's kind of just easier to kind of almost stay stuck where I am and just kind of lick my own wounds. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, yeah, totally. Because I know, like right now I'm staying stuck, being completely candid. Again, this is a dumb example, but um, I literally have put on almost 20 pounds um, since coronavirus started. Mm-hmm. And every day I'm like shaming myself because of that. And I know what I need to do to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And yet I would just rather sit and, you know, yeah. eat donuts. And, yeah. and that's, I'm stuck right here today like that. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes being stuck feels almost more comfortable than climbing out of it. And one of the things that I've learned in my years of coaching women and talking to people is that women who have suffered a lot of trauma in their life and a lot of pain mm-hmm. would rather stay stuck a lot of times than, um, than do the hard work to get unstuck because that road usually leads, leads to something that's unknown. Mm-hmm. And so women who have experienced any amount of trauma, um, the unknown is super scary. It's, it's way better and they would a lot of times prefer to just stay where they are, even if where they are is miserable because that at least is familiar. Mm-hmm. And um, women who have suffered through a lot of trauma going into the unknown is, is exceptionally scary for them at many different levels. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like one of those things where instinctively everything inside of them is kind of fighting against breaking free from the thing that's keeping them stuck. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It's yeah. almost like, you know how when you see somebody in a horrible relationship and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so obvious, like leave him. Right. But you also know that at her very core, that woman is so terrified of being alone. You yeah. know what I mean? So she'll yeah. put up with the the bad thing and, that she's mm-hmm. used to rather than get healthy and do a thing that, you know, is so much better for her, but mm-hmm. it's unfamiliar. And so if you can figure out why you're stuck and how you got there, um, I think that that is so key. And then figuring out, okay, what matters more to you than staying stuck? Mm. And so we talked kind of at the beginning how I know for me it's the big three things. And it goes, I talk about it if you're not the boss of you, how it really boils down to algebra. Mm. Like remember in the sixth grade when you did like 10 is greater than four and 100 mm-hmm. is greater than 99. You use that yeah. greater than sign. Yeah. It's like the alligator teeth. Like what is greater than 
staying stuck where you're at for you. And I think every woman has to figure out what that thing is for her. Mm. And, you know, for me, I know that God, I feel as a woman of faith, like God has a call in my life as he does everyone's. And so I can't stay stuck because there's things on the side of heaven that God needs mm. me to do. Mm-hmm. And that is like, that's, I live by that. Like, I believe that's my very core. Mm. The second thing is my husband and my kids. I can't stay stuck because when I'm stuck, mm. and this is something that is really painful for a lot of women to hear. But the truth is, if you're stuck, you're keeping your husband stuck and you're keeping your kids stuck too. They all feel it. They sense it. They know mom's not right. They know their wife's not right. And, and they can't fix it. And so when it goes on for an extended amount of time, because it's one thing to be in grieving and mourning and loss, mm-hmm. and it's another thing to stay stuck there for, you know, years and decades and for the rest of your life. And so if you're stuck, you're keeping the people around you in that space with you. Um, and that's a hard thing to do. And then the third thing for me is always that I know I have people watching. And even if it's just the girl that lives next door or the young girl at church or mm-hmm. someone like you who I'm, you know, well, this would be your big sister. Like I can't stay stuck because people are always watching. And when a woman sees other women get past, like when I watch another woman like kind of play her own dragons and fight her battle mm-hmm. and get up from the ashes and keep going in spite of herself and in spite of everything she's been through, it makes me look at my own life, Jordan, and go, okay, if she can do that, then I can do this too. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's doing the hard work. Like I can't stay stuck here. And so I think it's so important that we recognize that too, that when we're staying stuck, it's not, it's not just about us. There's other people that are watching and whose lives are being affected by the mm-hmm. stuckness as well. Yeah, I can I can see how that can happen really quickly. I mean, even in my own experiences, it's like convicting for me. This is really helpful. I'm like, can we just have a therapy session? We'll record it. We'll put it out. Um, Amen. <laughs> this is good. I'm Amen, like, girl. keep coaching me. But truly, I mean, I think I can relate to that feeling a lot. And sometimes it does feel easier because it co- it's uncomfortable to get unstuck. And I think that's yes. what we need to recognize, what I need to recognize, because it requires doing work. I mean, I'm, and I'm like, man, I'm exhausted. I don't have the energy to do work. I don't have the emotional capacity right. to do work, right? And I think yeah. sometimes you can get into that place. I'm like, I don't want to see therapists, because what if I don't like them? Or what if I don't trust them, yeah. right? And like all of mm-hmm. these reasons come up. And that's just the reality. I'd yeah. love to say, you know, no, these are the four steps that I need to be taking. And I have full confidence that that's right. what I do. But that's not human. Like, I don't know of a single human uh, that just like right. does that automatically. I think it takes mm-hmm. identifying, okay, this is why I'm actually kind of retreating back into this place because w- whether it's helping me remember something or it's helping me, you know, it, or it seems to be helping me, right? Um, but mm-hmm. I think what you said is actually really helpful to think about because otherwise, if we don't get uncomfortable, then we're going to probably get comfortable being stuck. And I'm just going to yes. keep like telling yeah. myself that as I have to start taking steps to do uncomfortable things. Um, yeah. So I'm taking that to heart. If anyone listening wants to take that, take that to heart and, and apply that in your own life, like good on you, girlfriend. But um, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I know we have so many yeah. other things we could talk about, but I would love if you can just share um, where – where can everyone get your book? I know I feel like if if they've been blessed by the five minutes of everything you just said, they're going to want to read the whole thing. So where can they find it and how can they start really taking those steps? I'm going to finish reading it. I started reading it. I've shared it and I need to finish reading it. But thank this you. has been really good. Thank you. Thank you but yeah, so much. Where can, they, where can they find it and get it in their hands? Yeah. So right now they can get it um, at, you know, on Amazon where all books are sold. Mm-hmm. Um, it is in Barnes and Noble stores. It's in Books a Million, but let me just say, Jordan, that like putting a book out into the world in the middle of a pandemic, even though it's a book about fear, like I would never, ever, 
ever, ever did I say ever suggest <laughs> someone do that because people are, you know, they're distracted and yeah. a lot of people, you know, have lost jobs and they're not yeah. spending money and yeah. 2,200 bookstores across the United States were closed down during the wow. pandemic and a lot of them just won't even end up reopening. So uh. it is on in Barnes and Noble stores. Um, we're still praying that it makes it to Target, or Costco or Sam's. Um, we hit the publisher's weekly list right behind Carrie Underwood's book. We hit it at number 15, awesome. which That's big. I, I was, I was so excited. I'm like, okay, we're this close to Carrie Underwood. Can she just impart her legs? Like while I'm here, like, you know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> can I, if I'm just close to her on the list, can I somehow just get those legs? Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, but yeah, you can get it online. If you go to jenniferallwood.com slash book, it's there. And so just, Type in fear is not the boss of you anywhere on the internet and you'll find where to get it. So thank you so much for letting me come and talking to your people about that. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having such a candid conversation. I know there's so many practical things we can talk about, but I think this is really needed in the tough season that so many are walking through and that I'm walking through. So I appreciate it. We love you. We're so thankful for all that you do. And um, yeah, you guys go get her book. I love you too, Jordan. God bless you. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.